Welcome to the Operation Move podcast. My name is Zoe and today we're going to be talking about things that you can do that are not running that are going to have the biggest benefit for your running. I think when you're looking at ways to improve, running is the first thing that you tend to look at because in some ways it's the easiest thing. It's a finite period of your day. You know, uh, it's it's really tempting to think that, you know, more is more and so that the easiest way to improve is to just run more. And in some ways that is true. But in other ways you could have things that are surrounding the running in your in your life, like your sleep, like your nutrition, like your recovery, that are blocking any kind of improvements from happening. And so changing the actual running is not going to change that. It's just more of the same. Only now you're even more tired. Um, So I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of the things that I've been doing in those areas that I think have been helping me. Because I think that it it is one of those things that is challenging because doing things within the running area is probably has like the most tangible rewards in a lot of ways you know like you feel good for being out there you feel good when you're finished you'll often sort of see really measurable results from what you were doing and the other things are kind of not only are they not like one finite period of your day they're kind of like 24 7 things but they're impact while it's huge it's also kind of generalized and hard to measure and it's sort of long term and our brains really do not like things with long term rewards they like short term rewards and so it's sort of it can be hard to work them in and hard to convince yourself that they're worthwhile but once you kind of have commit to it you'll can see like a huge difference in uh the quality of your training sessions but also what your body gets out of them as well so for me probably the most challenging thing to work on is sleep because with getting the most out of my day how I try to structure that is do the vast majority of my training stuff like running crossfit whatever in the morning before I take the kids to school so then I have the day while they're at school to Uh, do all of the stuff that I need to do that is just so much easier to do in a quiet house (laughs) that um, things that require more concentration like things like programming things like coaching things like replying to emails things like you know uh, sort of like writing and you know podcasting (laughs) all of the things that are just so much easier to do when I have that free space to do it and so that I'm not taking up my day with running and that can be exclusively devoted to to all of the other things that I do but the payoff for that is is that uh, probably to get done what I choose to get done I am getting up very early uh, three times a week and not like super early a few other times a week but early enough that I need to be in bed relatively early so basically what I try to do is like kids bedtime is like eight I try to be in bed pretty religiously by like nine nine thirty and it can be hard to come around to that in the beginning because it's like 
they're asleep, you know, like it's like nice time to, you know, to do other things. And, but at that point of the day, it's like, what am I really going to get done at that point? Like what I end up doing is like maybe scrolling through Facebook and maybe like watching some TV or whatever. Like it's not really useful time for me. So, and I'm in a morning person, definitely. So I'm kind of garbage <laughs> after three o'clock in the afternoon anyway. So I'm not getting, I'm not really serving myself by being up at that time. And I'm not really like making any inroads into anything that might need to get done during that time. So it's just accepting that that time is far better served with me in bed. And I think that um, I listened to a podcast where they were talking and they're saying, you know, like never stay up late for something that you wouldn't get up early for. And I kind of just look at it like that and think, you know, like if it's not, it's not super important, then I'm just far better off being in bed. And that's a work in progress. And sometimes because it is a kind of earlier bedtime, it can be hard to sort of like have that wind down time that you need for that to happen. But once you get into a bit of a routine with it, it is actually quite good because I'll get the kids to bed and then I will tend to do uh, some of my mobility stuff, which I'll talk about in a bit. Um, and then I will get everything that I need ready for in the morning. So in the morning, I'm not like having to fossick around finding clothes or, you know, or, you know, like organizing like my, you know, like pre-workout drink or post-workout drink or whatever like it's all already done uh so that I all I have to do in the morning is get dressed basically and head out the door so and then that also helps with sort of you know not me not being having to get up earlier than I have to because all of that stuff is already organized and also really it's also mostly because it limits the possibility that me fossicking around will wake up like one of the kids <laughs> And one thing to be aware of with sleep is generally speaking, the quality of sleep that you get before midnight is different to the sleep after midnight. So if you can get um, a few hours at least before midnight, then you tend to feel heaps better in the morning. And although most people because they follow a schedule of like Monday to Friday and then the weekend will have a different sort of sleeping schedule on the weekend you're actually better off having exactly the same it's not so much what time you get up it's what time you go to sleep so even though the temptation for me might be to stay up later on the weekend I'm actually just much better served by still going to the bed at the same time and getting up early because our bodies just really love that exactly the same routine and it's not so much it's not that early is better it's just that I'm a morning person so it's better for me for there will tend to be other people who are much more night hours and obviously sometimes you have to like sort of modify that a little bit if you have a job where you need to be there at a certain time but for people who are much more like sort of like get up at a, you know much more normal time of day <laughs> and stay up a bit later just much better off say like 
chucking their training in in their lunch break or after work rather than like attempting to change their preferred sleep pattern and getting up early. So just with that kind of thing, it's good to be aware of like I perform best at this time of day. This is when I feel best. And is there a way that I can do these sort of things at that time of day? I'm definitely much better in the morning than at any other time. So it sort of serves me well to do the things that I need to do in the morning. And even with sort of work stuff, I tend to do all of the things that require the most attention, brain power, creativity in the morning and save things that don't really require a lot of um, a lot of thinking for the afternoon when I just know I'm not at my best at that time. The second thing that I've been doing for, I think it's about, it's about three weeks now, is I saw this mobility app recommended and it is a paid subscription one. So I think it was like $15 a month. Uh, so it might not be for everyone if it's not an area that you are interested in, but I found it really fantastic. And you can download it and do the assessment for free uh, but then if you want to use it then it's a paid subscription thing I think you can try it out for free for like seven days or something anyway it was recommended by a CrossFit person but I've actually found it's just as good for running as it is for CrossFit so what it is is it go through an assessment and it kind of like assesses where your mobility is strong and where your mobility is weak and it create then creates a focus for the month. So I was super weak in the uh, overhead and shoulders area, which is not surprising for anyone. And um, whereas like my ankles and hips were really good, which is also not surprising given the amount of running that I do. So what I do with it like there's a daily practice and I can pick the amount of time that I have I think it ranges from 10 to 20 minutes depending on the amount of time and it will sort of take me through guided things for that time that focus on improving that area and then it also has a pre-workout and a post-workout so I can go into the pre-workout and go okay if I'm going to CrossFit I'll say okay we're doing you know like front squats and burpees or if I'm going for a run I'll say like I'm doing sprints today or I'm doing a long run today and it will ask me how much time I have and then it will go through a bunch of stretching and rolling to do and it will do the same after the workout so I've been doing that for about three weeks and for the most part I've been pretty much able to do it before not necessarily uh before my runs which I do after the gym but for like any of my sort of like quality sessions that I've been doing and for anything that I've been doing at CrossFit and generally what I do because I run straight after CrossFit is I would just put in the CrossFit movements and the run afterwards and then it's sort of like it's doing both and then I'll tend to do my sort of my cool down post stuff like once I get home and I've just noticed a huge difference in just how my body feels in general. I'll be interested to see, like it will retest my mobility in like after 30 days. So I've got a couple of weeks before we retest and then it will create, you know, like a new focus area to work on. Uh, but in t I feel like my recovery is heaps better. 
I do feel like I'm getting, I'm more able to keep my chest upright um, during uh, workouts at the gym, which has been, which has been really good. I, f- I do feel less restricted in that, in that area. But also I think the big thing for me is I've been putting that, my sort of like 20 minutes of daily, whatever I'm doing at the end of the day, just before bed. And I actually find it to be like just this really nice thing to do before I go to sleep and this really nurturing thing for my body. So you don't need to have an app to do all of that, but just even uh, accessing some of the mobility or yoga stuff that you can find on YouTube to do uh, once a day. I do tend to find with new things, like as much as it can be intimidating to say, oh, it's like a whole other thing and I've got to do it every day. I find that if I don't do it every day, I don't do it. <laughs> like if it's every day, then it's a habit and it's not, you don't have that conversation of like, am I going to do it today or am I going to do it tomorrow? It's just like, this is what I do. And realistically, it's, you know, it's 20 minutes. I usually just do it in front of the the TV and, you know, like it actually does not, really take any time and I feel like it's sort of like a really good balance for some of like the harsher stuff that I put my body through but if you did want to check out the app um, it's called GoWod and it's in the app store and I'm pretty sure that it is available on Android as well. I think the good thing about the app opposed to other times when I've attempted to do just sort of like implement, you know, rolling in the evening or, you know, stretching or whatever is having a thing where it has like, has like a little video of what I have to do and it has like a timer. So, you know, there's always a temptation if I'm left to my own devices of kind of rushing through things like left to my own devices, I certainly would not be sort of like have my legs up the wall uh, for three minutes you know, like it's just very easy to kind of like go through things at a faster pace and it's, you know, it's always varying it. So I'm not going through the same, same routine every night. So always doing slightly different things and it's definitely showing me stretches that I haven't done before, all things like that. So just having that time and it just just creates that level of accountability, which works for me. And then at the end, I get to tick a box, which makes a big difference to me. Another thing that I've been doing in terms of recovery, which is probably going to be the least popular thing that I mentioned, is that I have worked up to having a cold shower of three minutes after my warm shower in the morning. And I probably started just doing it for 30 seconds and every week I added uh, 15 seconds to it until I got up to three minutes. Um, It's not as bad as it sounds. (laughs) Uh, I think that when I I did it because um, I had read a couple of scientific studies that showed that it was good for recovery and also really good for uh, boosting the immune system. And I remember last year, it's not that 
you know, like the immune system's not going to stop you from getting sick. It's sort of like how quickly you bounce back. And I just remember last year, I could just take ages to get over anything. Everything always went into my chest. And so this year I was like, I just want to be a little bit more proactive with that. So I got my flu shot and I thought, you know, like I'll give this a go. And if I have to go through, you know, like a little bit of discomfort with cold exposure, and if that's going to help, then, you know, that's going to, it's still going to be worth it. And admittedly, because of where I live, it's not like the cold water is super cold. This morning it was pretty cold because <laughs> it was pretty cold last night. Pipes got cold, but it's not sort of like Canberra cold water. <laughs> it's just, you know, so in, even though it's winter, I've probably been eased into the cold water shower thing. But I find it really good for muscle recovery. So it's been really good. And I find that I tend to moderate temperature much better through the day. And whether it's a coincidence or not, I don't know. But recently picked up a cold and probably for the first time ever, it didn't go into into my chest. And some of that is I'm just a lot smarter with not uh, not running once I get a cold. I mean, I think it sort of does depend on how I feel, but if I don't feel good, then I don't go. And particularly at a time where I feel like there's a risk of it going into my chest. And when I do go, I wouldn't do any intervals or anything that's not easy. You know, I'm just a lot more aware of being a little bit more protective of it in that way. So that definitely helped. But I do think that uh, it's on balance the sort of discomfort that I have for like about that first 15 seconds when it starts is worth what I get out of it. And... Um, it is really great for muscle soreness as well. So I just find that after, you know, like if I've done a really big sort of uh, weight thing or a really big run, I'm just, my body feels far less beat up afterwards. And um, so, yeah, so that's something that I will just continue. I mean, I'm in thick of winter now, so, you know, like it's not going to be worse. Um, and I still have that moment, you know, like when I've got to change it over to cold water, I'm like, oh, do I want to do this? But I actually, I, I don't hate it as much as I thought I would. I actually quite enjoy it, really. I think one of the hardest things for me uh, with changing those, all of those habits and everything that sit around training is has been nutrition which is why I used a nutrition coach for the majority of uh last year and which was really useful and the accountability was so useful um and now I kind of know everything that I need to do but like anything executing it is the hard part and because I what I did with the nutrition coach was macro based and one of the, which is great to have those sort of guidelines, but one of the pitfalls of, of macros is that I can get really lazy. And although I'm hitting the macro targets, like the food quality is sometimes not great. And 
so that and the easiest way for me that I've found like over the last few weeks to make sure that the food quality is good is just going okay you know like these are my macros but I'm just staying away from essentially most processed foods and that for me kind of gets rid once I get rid of that then it kind of forces me to eat more vegetables which is only a good thing and it just stops me from going oh okay you know like I'm a little bit low on protein I'll just have a protein bar which you know like if that's the way you get in the protein through the day fine but there are better ways for me to get that in and far better off getting that protein in by you know like having more spinach having more vegetables having more black beans you know like having some you know having some more greek yogurt having some more cheeses or whatever i'm vegetarian so i'm not going to be getting it in from uh from meat and so it it does pose some challenges in terms of like I need this amount of protein but a lot of the vegetarian sources of protein are either super high in carbohydrate or super high in fat so it's sort of like balancing those two things it can be a bit more challenging so it it can be really easy to get lazy with it and but I feel always feel so much better when I put in the effort and sometimes like just kind of like having that blanket thing of like I'm not doing processed food it just forces me to be more proactive with the nutrition which really just helps me to feel better through sessions feel feel more energized through the day I don't get that kind of like real sort of like tired thing you know in the afternoon like energy levels are just sort of like much more even and I'm just getting all of the micronutrients that I need and it's not just about you know because it's not just about energy in and energy out and probably the easiest way that I've been able to work with that particularly over the last week or so is I just plan out everything that I'm eating in the morning and then I've just got to do it and then I don't have to think about it and then I'm not getting to the afternoon going oh what am I going to eat now because I've already planned out like what my meals and snacks are and everything like that and it just makes it that much easier to not kind of go oh I don't know what to eat I'll just you know um I'll just have this entire packet of Doritos (laughs) which is fine because you know delicious but in terms of like keeping a focus on it being high quality, I'm much more likely to get there if I like just plan it out at the beginning of the day and don't leave decisions until the last minute. And probably even, well, not even more important, but just as important with the nutrition thing, which I've been really focusing on now that I'm getting into sort of like less rehab type running and more training type running is just really zeroing in on eating before and eating afterwards. And it sounds like pretty basic, but it's a really easy thing to skip, particularly if you train early in the morning to not not eat before you go. And in my experience anyway, almost anyone is better off eating beforehand. I know it can take some adjusting because the body doesn't always like to eat beforehand. Um, but it makes a huge difference to the session, to 
you know, how you feel through the rest of the day to how you recover. And I think it was only recently I was reading this thing on stress fractures where they did a study and they found that even if you had like a, a very slight calorie deficit of like maybe 300 calories a day or something you're five times more likely to get a stress fracture and I was sort of looking at that and thinking you know like I did before the injury I just did so many like fasted runs because like I can and like it wasn't necessarily like a choice not to eat it was just like oh well you know like I I can do this session without eating and I'm fine because I'm relatively fat adapted and it doesn't really phase me but I think in hindsight I am sort of thinking that I was probably under eating for what I was doing and it probably did contribute to the the degradation that that caused the injury over time and I think that there's it's probably for most people, it's harder to, you know, like my main concern is always like, are you eating enough? Because you know, like it's just, it's so easy to under eat for what you were doing. And particularly, you know, like in the, in the before and, and after, you know, because you're kind of like wedging your session into like this finite period of time that you have. And And it can be hard because you are wanting to, you know, kind of like get what you can get out of the morning, but then you go, okay, well, you know, like I've got to eat beforehand. I've got to eat afterwards. I've got to sort of like do like a full warm up and a cool down and everything like that. And obviously when you're time poor, there are going to be sacrifices that you're going to make because, you know, not everything can be perfect or, you know, a hundred percent optimal all the time, but there are sort of, there are ways around it, you know, so, you know, like in, in summer, I tend to just have like overnight oats in the fridge. So like, it takes me no time to for that. <laughs> and in winter, I can't really face having like something cold. <laughs> so I tend to, you know, make porridge, but it takes me like five minutes to make porridge. It's like, it's super quick. And, um, and if I'm really time strapped, then like I have just add in some like into my water, I add, you know, some scoops of uh, like powdered carbohydrates, essentially, just to just to get it in, in whatever way I have time for on that day, because you're going to just I'm just going to feel so much better for it, not just that day, but through the week and because it can be cumulative, like you can be fine, but then you just like get to a day where you're in a bit of like what feels like a bit of a carb hole. <laughs> you're just like, there is not enough food <laughs> in the world. And that generally is a sign of accumulated under eating. So if that is something that happens to you, then you really want to think about just like upping everything. And I think for most women, that's the kind of, like, it's, it can be hard to, you know, you're constantly, like, fed all of this stuff about, you know, like, eating less, you know, being smaller, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But 
to create strength, you actually need a calorie surplus. And so, and calorie surplus is not necessarily going to uh, translate into weight gain. It just gives your body the ability to build muscle. So I think that you, for most people, the risk is far more that you're under eating rather than you're overeating. And the easiest way to work that out is just to essentially, like for training purposes, for performance, you want to be eating as much as humanly possible um, without, you know, like you don't want to be at the the stage of, you know, like putting on a kilo a week or anything like that. But you want to kind of like eat as much as possible without gaining weight is, you know, is the idea. I mean, you don't want to be having to be, you know, like carrying around extra weight that you don't need, but you need to be fully fueling the weight that you have. Because the risks, if you don't, are things like uh, injuries, muscle fatigue, so fatigue-related injuries, uh, stress fracture-related injuries, um, and just not enjoying the training as much. I think it's really easy to feel like you're dragging yourself through quicksand when you aren't fully fueled and also to feel more fatigued through the week as well if you aren't fully fueled. So I think that making that mindset shift uh, based on like eating for performance can be challenging, but I think it's really, really worth it. And with all of the things that are surrounding your training, there's just so many things that you can work on. I think it's probably a good idea to just pick one thing to start with because otherwise it's just it's way too overwhelming and there's just like way too much to do and it becomes more of a chore. And um, so in just in the next week, just pick one thing, one thing that you think is probably that – will affect the biggest amount of change, you know, then you'll know what that is, you know, like, because usually, you know, the things that need work and you just, or at least I do my best to ignore them (laughs) until they won't be ignored anymore. So pick one thing and work on that. And when that feels kind of like setting, like you're not having to think about it, then you can go on to the next thing. That's it for this week. Uh, I've now opened up Learn to Run registrations for September, which I will also be coaching. And uh, if you sign up, then you get early access to the Facebook group. And I will speak to you next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.